Welcome to Speak Up Talk Radio. I am Pat Rulo, and I am so happy to share a recent Positive Change Podcast Award winner with you. He is Steve Bison, and his podcast is titled Finding Your Way Through Therapy, a weekly podcast that answers all your therapy questions. Steve and his podcast won or placed in these categories, psychology, first place, self-improvement, first place, social sciences, first place, therapy, first place, and health and wellness, mental health, second place. And I am so looking forward to finding out more. So welcome to the network, Steve. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Pat. And congratulations on winning the Positive Change Podcast Awards. I was happy to share that with you. Oh, I was so happy to get that news last week and made my week. (laughs) I listen to all of the podcasts that come in, but I am not a judge. So obviously I have my own thoughts, but uh, they're not counted. So I'm always happy when I get the um, the forms back and have to tally everything up. I was really happy about this because I think your work is extremely important. So before we talk a bit about your podcast, maybe just give us a brief look at your background so we know a little bit about you. Well, I'm... I'm a uh, Montrealer born and raised from Canada, and I moved here about uh, 23 years ago, and now an American citizen as well. Um, I lost my best friend when I was 12 years old in a fire. And at the time, the whole grieving process was, he played on my football team, my parents said, well, that means you won't be there Saturday for the game, so you better be ready to double down. And that caused me to have my own issues with that. And eventually I realized that I don't want anyone to ever go through that again. Uh, so what I've, I think I was 16, I decided that sitting on the couch and listening to people talk and maybe help them with their grieving process, hey, that might be a good thing to do. And so I couldn't get a job up in Canada after getting my bachelor's degree in McGill. So I moved down here in Framingham, Massachusetts. And I ended up working for a nonprofit for about 15 years. I got my master's at Assumption University and just love doing my therapy. I'm, I'm, uh, I do a lot of trauma work. I work with first responders as well as the military. I find it so gratifying to help people who have been probably a little resistant, such as myself I've been in the past, and then get them to think about therapy in a way that will help them and how positive it can be for their lives. Oh, my I'm always fascinated to find out why people land in the places they do and to hear of the trauma you went through and how, you know, through no fault of your parents, it's just people really didn't know how to deal with it. So they just didn't just tell you to move on and play harder. That's that's amazing. And it's also so inspiring that you took that negative experience and turned it into something positive where you can help others. That's that's the whole beauty of, I guess, going through something like that. I, I think it is, and it's always, you know, I don't blame my parents whatsoever. I mean, that was the, the zeitgeist of the time. That's how people thought that yep. in that time. Yep. And just being able to say that I took something like this and I can change it and I can help other people change uh, their lives by giving them the tools for them to get there, including a podcast, obviously, then I've done my job in this world. Yep. Yeah, that was my next question. When did you know that you wanted to do a podcast? What Was there something that keyed that where you thought, oh, a podcast might be a good idea for my work? Well, it all started with a book. I wrote a book first, and a lot of people read it, and they said, you know what, Steve, most of your chapters are a podcast. 
And it would be great to hear you because I can almost hear your voice for those who knew me. But others were like, I want to hear your voice. It's interesting to hear about these uh, situations in therapy. So the idea brewed for about eight months. And I started the podcast. The hardest part was to press record. I mean, it took me a while to get there. Um, but that's how the podcast came about. And I knew that I could probably reach out to more people by doing a podcast versus a book and definitely not being in my little area in the Northeast that, you know, maybe I won't be able to reach out, for example, in Arizona or across the, the ocean, whether it's Atlantic or Pacific. And so being able to send that positive message or try to get them to therapy and how therapy is not imposing and it's something that can be very helpful. I thought that could be something that can go globally and that's how the podcast started. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many people write books and then realize one way or the other that their chapters are a podcast and they can be broken down into little pieces and segments and episodes. So that's a great way to start. And and I agree. Most people are so concerned what equipment. I don't like the sound of my voice. Um, how am I going to uh, produce this? And as you say, the hardest part is just hitting that record button. And, and once you do, it opens up a whole new world. It absolutely does. And getting messages from people from across the globe saying, oh, you know, I really liked when you talked about we'll go with trauma. Or I had a guest who had talked about uh, near-death experiences or suicide. And People really reach out to that and they say, I really related to it and I appreciate that someone else was able to have that experience. I think that when we're so isolated with our experiences, we feel we're the only ones going through this. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned feedback because I was going to ask you about that and what kind of feedback you received. And, and I think also as a podcast host, feedback is what fuels you. I mean, that keeps you going. You feel like you're just speaking to nobody uh, is anybody hearing me? And when you get that feedback, wow, that just fuels you to do more. A hundred percent. And I would even say, I think I told you when you uh, sent me the the great news about the awards, um, I told him like, sometimes you feel like you're talking into a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. And getting that feedback is just essential for us as podcasters to know, hey, are we going in the right direction? Is it something that you're still liking? Because sometimes we just don't know if people are liking it. We're assuming if we don't hear anything bad, but ultimately we don't. If we don't hear anything that's also positive, it's really, really uh, tough to know. Like, am I doing this right? Is this something that's having an impact on people? Mm -hmm. So true. Authors have reviews, you know, Amazon reviews, and at least they can maybe take a peek at some of those. But podcasters don't really. I don't think that many people leave reviews on, say, Apple or iHeart or, or whatever. So. Yeah, it is like speaking into a giant void. So for those listening, if you enjoy a podcast, please give some feedback so that the host knows that they're being heard and that they're valuable. A hundred percent. I think the other thing I would say to that is that a lot of people can go to these places to review, but they press the five stars and they say, thank you for the review. Mm -hmm. I don't know what five stars mean. <laughs> true. That's very true. The messages that goes with the five-star review are probably a lot more important than just a five-star review. I agree. I agree. So we're talking about how, and it's easy to see how your podcast helps others. Let's kind of turn that around. How has your podcast helped you, either financially, personally, emotionally? How has it benefited you? I think that it's, there's a lot of things that have benefited me. The one thing is having great guests on. And I have a couple of regular guests that are friends of mine, 
uh, but they talk very globally about different things, including spirituality and first responders and their experiences. But ultimately, I wouldn't have met, for example, someone like, um, I, I would say, like Muni, who is someone who's a musician, but is also uh, someone who does a lot of expressive therapy. Um, I wouldn't have met someone like Robin Garrett, who talks about the workplace environment and how to improve the mental health. Just being able to meet different people, have different you know, points of view. I'm not closed off. I think that I don't know everything. What I know fits in a symbol. So having that has really benefited me because it makes me think critically of even my work or even my life, frankly. So I think that that's where I really like having great guests that just challenge my thought process. Oh, I agree with you. I so agree with you. And you've mentioned first responders a few times during our conversation. I, I always think that's an underappreciated um, group where you we just expect that they go out into these crazy situations, dangerous and traumatic and life-changing situations. And I guess we most people probably don't think, how do, how do these folks come back? How do they go to sleep at night? How do they process this? I think that we we underestimate the first responders, and I mean, I, I can go with a little bit of the North American situation where what we get in the news is the negativity of sometimes police officers, and I'm not saying that those are not true. These occur, and they're absolutely true, but what about the other 95% of first responders who are just doing their job trying to just, you know, get there and live for another day and just help the community? Because most of these first responders are not going in to be uh, gun-toting or putting out flyers every day. They go in to help the community in general. And I think that that's underappreciated. And sometimes when we turn to a generalization because there was a negative outcome in Minnesota or anywhere else for, for that matter, we tend to underestimate the impact that it has to those who do their job who really feel good. And I think that that's why I like to work with first responders. The other thing, too, there's a lot of podcasts from first responders like, you know, fire police and EMTs. So I come from a therapeutic standpoint, which I think is a very unique way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Do first responders organizations offer any kind of therapy or is this something that each individual person would have to seek out? So I think you can do both, frankly, but, you know, I, I can only speak intelligently about a few places around here, okay. but I was connected uh, through different organizations within uh, the Massachusetts, Massachusetts State's Police, uh, the Police Association, the Firefighters Association. There's a great one in Maryland um, that also sends out people across the country, and they have also an office in Colorado. And there is opportunity to do so through uh, any place where you work in first responders in most of the country. I mean, I can also talk about Missouri and um Washington, but ultimately, I think that that's where the problem is, is that they feel like if they go to someone they know in their area, mm -hmm. and even within their organization, there's going to be a stigma. There's a lot of stigma that still exists with going to mental health counseling, and there's nothing more rewarding than a lot of my guys who tell me, like, they tell everyone they work with, hey, you know what, I go to therapy, my therapist said this, and um, I think that that's just an amazing thing. And, oh, did you listen to that podcast uh, on, you know, I did a couple on um, first responders and the stress and peer reviews and stuff like that. So I, I just think that that's where you need to break the stigma. And sometimes it's just too hard to reach out within your organization. Mm -hmm, mm 
And that's where your podcast really comes to bridge that gap where somebody may never have reached out to you, but perhaps have heard a podcast episode and, and it just occurs to them, wow, this is something I need, just another advantage of getting that podcast out there. I think that that's the best thing in the world because I got recently a call from someone who was looking for support and like, I heard you on your podcast and it was so interesting and you really seem to, you know, relate to what first responders go through. And so that was a very rewarding phone call that just happened recently. And I'm like, okay, so I am reaching out to people. <laughs> Making a difference, right? Yes. That's so, that's so true, right? Isn't that what we're all trying to do after all? Yes. Yes, let's hope. Let's hope. I was going to ask you what your favorite part of podcasting is, but I think we might have just answered that question. I think that that's uh, doing that, but also kind of like I, I really like my favorite part of podcasting is that I, you know, like right now what we just did, Pat, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, you press record and we talk to someone. That's interesting to me because I don't like to rehearse. Yes. I'm not a rehearsal type of guy. Like, what are the four questions? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do them in order? grab a piece of paper and report. I like the spontaneous stuff. I think that a lot of people sometimes will listen to different interviews, and I'm not saying podcasts necessarily, and it's really rehearsed questions. Yes. For me, I just go all over the place, yep. and it's just fun to have that dynamic and see how you can connect to people. Oh, I agree. You and I have never spoken before, and yet we're having this easy conversation, and that's when you get and get to some of the juicy stuff that you wouldn't if everything is pre-planned. Now, I know some people, when I am going to interview them, they insist because they're nervous and scared and and have never done any kind of an interview where they need to know the questions. And I can feel that difference if I give them the questions ahead of time. I could just feel almost that bit of struggle with the conversation. Whereas, as you say, just to speak from the heart and just have that open conversation makes, makes all the difference in the world. I, I I really agree, and that's what a lot of people say after they like I say the hour went by. <laughs> my interviews are about an hour, and they're like they're like, wow, that was really quick. And I'm like, yeah, because we're just chatting, and people are in on like this is the other fun part. I think is I've had a few people tell me like I'm in on a private in, in like conversation between two people. I just you just don't know the mic is there. Yeah. And so I, that's the other part that's really fun because, like, me and you right now, I like you said, we never met. We're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you're like, oh, my God, that's just like an intimate conversation that's being broadcast on yeah. a podcast. <laughs> it's so true, but that's the beauty of it. And listeners pick up on that. And those, I think those are the best podcasts of all when it's real and authentic. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yep. So do you have any advice for current or potential podcasters, seeing how you're successful at what you're doing? If somebody is currently a podcaster and looking to improve, or if somebody's on the fence thinking about it, what words would you have for them? Um, You know, it's going to sound a little weird, but I would say like press record and let it be. I think that people sometimes tend to really wait and wait and wait and wait. And, you know, you're not, you know, podcasts are not, they're, they're not like in the vacuum. People will go and listen to you. It may take time. It will not, you know, you're not going to get a hundred thousand followers next week. But giving it time and just saying, look, I have a message. It's important to put out whatever that message is. Just put it out. Press record. That would be the best advice that I would say. And for current podcasters, I would say be critical of what you do. 
in the other words, like I listen to, you know, I listen, I, I listen to what people tell me in regards to my podcast. And sometimes they're like, you know what? I didn't like blank. And if I hear that once, I'm like, oh, I have one person didn't like it. I can live with that. But if 15 people said to me, well, I didn't like blank. I'm like, okay, I need to change that. And part of those changes can be your intro. I changed my intro in the last season because people are like, it's way too long and change that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's not easy um, to take that kind of criticism, but to be open to that will really make improvements. I just posted something on Twitter, a little podcast tip was to go back and listen to your previous episodes because after time passes and you you no longer are listening as the person who created it, you're listening as a listener might hear it for the first time and sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that wasn't so good or what can I do better? You have to be open, but it really is, as I said online, a treasure trove of information to go back and, and listen to yourself. I, anyone who goes and listens to my podcast after talking to you, Pat, I give them a lot of uh, <laughs> warning. I'm like, the first podcast, clearly I'm nervous. <laughs> it gets better with time. Give me time, I promise. So I also say, like, you know, I, I leave it all out there because, the worst I can say is like, hey, my first podcast weren't so good, and maybe episode 40 is going to sound weirder than episode 140. So that's okay, yep. and that's evolution, and that's not a bad thing either. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're like a fine wine. We just get better with time, right? And that's what I keep on telling my 47-year-old body. <laughs> you just keep on doing what you're doing. Oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> well, have we missed anything that you wanted to highlight today? No, I think that we really hit on everything that's so important to me about the podcasting world. And, you know, for those of you who also want to be sitting on the fence and don't know about the podcast, remember, you know, you got to know what your message is and you want to know what you promote. I promote, you know, therapy. So that's a pretty easy promotion for me, and that's something to remember. But um, also remember that if you're going to get um, sponsors or people who are going to come in on your podcast, that you're going to advertisements, for lack of a better word, Remember that it speaks to your mission. In other words, just don't take the first offer of money. And I think that that's very important for people to understand. I've had several offers, and I'm like, no, that doesn't fit the the spirit of my podcast, and I'm willing to wait. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I so agree. I I host a radio show, and I've had it for about 11, 12 years, and I'll have people reach out. They want to advertise, as you say, and my program is on patient safety. Well, you know, I'm not going to talk about truck tires. And so it's got to make sense for your audience. Although it's tempting, um, it it still has to make sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I had a offer for a grooming company and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really fit with finding (laughs) your way through therapy, but thank you though. (laughs) Well, you got to look good, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just didn't feel like it matched the message of uh, like body positivity and just being yourself. <laughs> I know, you got to be like a spin doctor. Well, maybe I can spin that into something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're funny. All right, well, if you would share all of your contact info, and, and if folks want to work with you from a therapy standpoint, it, just give us any place where people need to to go to find out more about you. Best way to reach me is my email. It is my name, Steve Bissell, L-M-H-C, at gmail.com. I also have a coaching program. So if you're not in Massachusetts, I got I can do the coaching program, which is emotional management. And you can reach me at the same email address. 
My podcast, obviously, is Finding Your Way Through Therapy, offered on most platforms. And I have a book that's available on most platforms, again, called Finding Your Way Through Therapy. How novel. Um, really like that. And if you want to go to my Instagram or any type of social media, it is typically it's real Steve Bissell. And you find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitter. You can find me a lot of places. All right. You truly are the real Steve Bison. I hope there's not any others because you are just doing a fabulous job with your work and your podcast. I'm so happy we met. I'm so happy you won. And I hope that we can stay in touch. Steve Bison, finding your way through therapy. Thank you so much for sharing you today. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much for having you.